Do, 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 do. Here we go. My name is Todd Adams. And this is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 491. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And, and who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is what, sweetheart? Uh, the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. But before you go on, can you turn on my earphones just a teeny bit? I can't Sure, but you always get you. mad at me when I play things loud. Well, then don't play things loud, but just turn... Uh, but the only bad, the only thing you play loud is the backup sound, and it hurts. Oh my god! <laughs> How did you have that ready to go on today's show? Uh, we're going to talk about um, a series that has evaded us. No, evaded means it's gone. It's gone by us. Oh well, we it is re- enticed we us. It. it has enticed us. Cobra Kai. I saw the previews a year ago. I'm like, oh, that looks good, and I just never bothered watching it. And then your sister, my sister-in-law. Christine said, you should check it out. And we thought she was, well, I thought my sister was kidding because she's like, are you watching Cobra Kai? I'm like, no. Like, I thought the trailer for the show was like joy enough. Like, it's funny to see them together, right? Because for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, Cobra Kai is the dojo um, from the Karate Kid. From 1980, whatever. That Johnny and his gang of Cobra Kai guys were in. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was kind of like, you know, the bad the bad uh, dojo. The, the bad guys. They were against the, the Miyagi-Do uh, dojo. So anyway, so, you know, the trailer was kind of enough for us. And then my sister's like, no, it's it's kind of good. And so we're like, okay, we'll give it a go. So we've watched all of season one in one week. Yeah, in the last week. And but we are each not... episode is like 20 minutes. Yeah, they just run right by. So, um, so that is uh, the main part of it. But I had a few quick takes that all I right. wanted to talk about. We had a Zen talk uh, last week, and one of the uh, team Zen members, Matt, uh, is a big fan of Ricky Henderson. If you guys listened to last week's podcast, I played a clip from Ricky Henderson breaking the stolen base record against Lou Brock. Probably Ricky Henderson's record will never be broken because the game has evolved, but that does not matter because there's just not as many stolen bases now. It's more about the home runs. But anyways, um, Matt said, have you ever listened to his Hall of Fame speech? Because in the... Uh, clip that I played last week, it's say it was me basically saying that he was not speaking with humility. Yeah, he's like, today I am the greatest, right? And all that. And I just kind of, although I respected his game quite a bit, I, um, I always thought he was very full of himself. Okay. So Matt's like, listen, catch the end of his Hall of Fame speech. So I actually watched it today on YouTube, and I'm just going to play play about 30 seconds okay. from the very end of his speech. So this is Ricky Henderson. And uh, here we go. In closing, I would like to say my favorite player, my favorite hero was Muhammad Ali. He said at one time, quote, I am the greatest, end of quote. That is something I always wanted to be. And now that the association has voted me into the Baseball Hall of Fame, my journey as a player is complete. I am now in the class of the greatest players of all time. And at this moment, I am very, very humble. Thank you. Okay, so the reason that's meaningful to me, thank you, Matt, for making me watch that, is, you know, 
he was whatever, 29 or 32 when mm -hmm. he broke that record. And he, he caught a lot of flack for saying, I am the greatest in pr the presence of the guy who broke the record. And, you know, first of all, who hasn't said stupid stuff? But is it stupid? I think you're he missing the He was the, the greatest, point. but right. for, not stupid. It's just, there's a severe lack of humility when you say it. Like, I don't remember Michael Jordan ever saying, I am the greatest. And right. And he was the greatest. Except I think the whole point of what he's trying to say there is his role model was Muhammad Ali. Yeah. And what does Muhammad Ali say? I am the greatest. Right. And we all, well, not we all, in the beginning, a lot of people hated Muhammad Ali because he was a draft dodger and um, everybody liked Joe Frazier. It was kind of a, we can go down a path regarding, because I've listened to documentaries on that whole time. Over time, uh, Muhammad Ali Everybody's endeared to him, yeah. was loved. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the beginning, he certainly was not. Uh, but anyways, he, so Ricky did a wonderful thing in his Hall of Fame speech. And he basically said, yeah, I probably shouldn't have said, you know, through his words, probably wasn't the greatest thing to say when I broke that record. And he kind of made amends for it. You know what? I totally heard that different than you. Really? I don't think he was saying I shouldn't have said that. I think he was saying... I always wanted to say I was the greatest because mm. my hero was Muhammad Ali and I did say it. Right. But now that my my you know, my road is complete, I'm done, I now found find myself among mm. the greatest yeah, that's good too. and I am humbled. Yeah. Like I don't think he's apologizing for anything. Yeah, I don't think he's he. apologizing for it, but I do feel like he didn't have to say what he said right. in the Hall of Fame speech. True, but I, I doubt anybody who is in baseball or who loves baseball would go into the, the Hall of Fame and say, I am the greatest here. He just was the greatest with that record. It was like a slice. It was like a but, moment in time. But inarguably, he is the greatest stolen base person, even amongst the Hall of Fame players. Right, but he is not the greatest player no. in the Hall of Fame. So I just didn't, I think you heard it as him kind of making amends, and I just heard it of him saying, I am who I am, but now that I'm here, yeah. I respect where I am. Well, and I think he is, uh, I think it's probably a little bit of both. Probably. That's my guess. Mm -hmm. Well, and how old was he when he got inducted? Um, pretty old. He's in his mid-40s. So I that's think. the other thing, is you're 29. Right, exactly. Right, and, that, and not that, it's not that we need to apologize for who we are at 29, but all of a sudden you're in your 40s, and everything looks different. Right. Where it's like, at 40, I wouldn't have said this, but at 29, I would. Right. You know? So the theme for today's show is going to be either yin-yang or light and dark, and within each one of us, there is... Within our goodness, there's a little bit of dark. And within our darkness, there's always some light. There's always good. Mm -hmm. So to that end, my other quick take of the week is that there's this woman, and her name is Carol Cadwallader. Mm -hmm. At least that's how I'm pronouncing it. I tried my best to figure out how to pronounce her name. She's from England. She's an investigative journalist. And she uh, did some reporting, quite a bit of reporting, on Brexit. Mm-hmm. And she was invited to the TED stage I don't, not too long ago, probably mm -hmm. in the last few weeks. It was recent. Mm-hmm. And as you guys know, TED is kind of where it's the heartbeat of Silicon Valley. And um, the main focus of her reporting was there was all this misinformation that happened in Facebook and Twitter that resulted in... The Brexit vote. The Brexit vote leaning a different way. And and it's a, whatever, it's like a 15-minute TED Talk, and I'm going to include it in the show notes, and I really encourage everybody to listen to it. Um, I'm certainly not an expert on this topic, but just in the last month, like we listened to that long Sam Harris um, interview. I forget with who he was interviewing, but it was um, Sam Harris podcast 152. And the title was The Trouble with Facebook. And it, it's a lot about some of the 
probably unplanned impact that Facebook has had. And the two obvious things is that there was all this misinformation that was distributed by we don't know who in, ad, in the form of advertising on Facebook. There's a Russian yeah, Russian there. influence, mm-hmm. and then and so basically, what they what the British Parliament wanted to do is bring um, Mark Zuckerberg in and have a discussion with him and have him share some of the information that, that you know, Facebook has. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Who's who is buying these ads? Yep. Because there are laws built within the United States government and the British government that say you can only spend a certain amount of money on a certain On political thing. ads. And yep. she even explains, like, and the reason they have those laws is because 100 years ago, people used to walk around with barrels of money yep. and pay money to people that are about to walk into the voting booth. Correct. And the, te- the technology and the information flow has changed such that uh, this is a dark, hidden secret of who is influencing elections, and and I think that the way you know what her what her investigation, and not just hers, but there's a lot of people who have been investigating Facebook and Twitter and Google, and how money is being brought in, and our information, very personal information, is being brought in on purpose, so they can then figure out groups of people that they can, they can target with certain information. So, you know, we willingly give them our information. We fill out all those, you know, personality tests. Here's what I like. Here's what I don't like. This is what kind of person I am. This is my astrological side. We give them so much information. And if you, if you all know about the whole Cambridge Analytica thing that came up, about six months ago, basically that was an organization that were, they were hired to track all of that information Mm -hmm. and have all of that accessible. So like what you said, not only track it, but keep it and sell it. So like people have so much information about us and we're so willing to give it. And what they're using that to do is to target us in such a way that we only see things that we agree with. Yeah. We only see things that we already believe. So if you watch MSNBC, you are only seeing content that is relative to MSNBC. If you watch Fox News, you are only seeing content through Google, Twitter, Facebook that is relative to Fox News. Yeah. So then it makes your bubble so small. And then on top of that, you take it down the darker trail, which is what she's talking about here, where they targeted people based on their fears. Sure. So they helped, they changed people's minds Mm -hmm. by focusing all the information that was given to them through their Facebook, not, not Facebook ads, but their newsfeed Mm -hmm. and their, you know. Oh, there's just so many ways you can influence somebody based upon that newsfeed. So I'm going to play a quick clip from Carol uh, from the TED stage. And this entire referendum took place in darkness. The referendum she's speaking about is the Brexit vote. Okay because it took place on Facebook. And what happens on Facebook stays on Facebook, because only you see your newsfeed and then it vanishes. So it's impossible to research anything. So we have no idea who saw what ads, or what impact they had, or what data was used to target these people, or even who placed the ads, or how much money was spent, or even what nationality they were. But Facebook does. Facebook has these answers, and it's refused to give them to us. Our parliament has asked Mark Zuckerberg multiple times to come to Britain and to give us these answers, 
and every single time he's refused. So I want to stop there. So the reason, because you sent this to me last uh -huh. week, and I listened to it, and you know, this has been a long time coming for me because I keep learning a little bit more about. I use Facebook. Most of us that are listening to this use Facebook. And Facebook by itself isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I think that there's some impacts as a result of being on Facebook that were unplanned by the developers. And if I could, and I'm going to explain this in a very general way because I don't have the deep detail to like explain every step of the way. Yeah. But from what I understand, from what I've read and these podcasts that I've listened to where they discuss it, the intention of Facebook was nothing but good. I mean, you know, take take out the social network for a second and that it was really based on, you know, comparing girls. Yeah. Um, but once we got past that phase, the intention of Facebook was to connect people. There was a big push from Zuckerberg and everybody else to not have ads to bug people. There was a lot of intention of like, let's just connect people and keep like, let's open up our world. Like yeah. there was, a you know, all the things about uh, he was very big into don't, you know, say who you really are, because a lot of people are like, well, people can track where I am or now, you know, my friends from work can see my friends from home. And the question was, why is that a bad thing? Like, yeah. let's be more open. So the intention was, I think, good. What ended up happening, from what I understand, is that it became a money thing. Mm -hmm. And it became like, how do we continue to grow? Because everything in our world has to grow. I mean, even when you're at like 10 billion in sales, it's like, yeah, but how are you going to do next year, right? Yeah. And they're they were getting access to all this information anyway. And again, in no way am I saying this to like let them off the hook. What I'm saying is probably they're their way they looked at this and they, the way they perceive their platform is simply a platform. Yeah. They don't believe themselves to be a media source. Right. This has been their, um, this has been Twitter and Facebook's uh, thing is they're like, you know what? We're just a platform. Right. So if something happens because of something on Facebook, we didn't do it. We just provided the platform. Now it's interesting because I'm going to jump to Twitter for a second. I noticed, um, you know, obviously there uh, this weekend there was another shooting, mm -hmm. high-profile shooting. Uh, you know, anti-Semitism uh, is becoming – I can't even believe we're talking about it. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't even want to say it's becoming normal. It's just becoming a something we're discussing again, um, which is horrifying. And there was a lot – there was a hashtag that went viral this weekend that says um, – that was like uh, – Jack Stop the Hate, mm -hmm. I think it was, because Jack... Yeah, Dorsey. Dorsey is the, you know, he's the Twitter guy. And basically they're saying to him, G kick these groups, these Nazi groups off of Twitter. His comment is always like, it's hard to define, define what's a hate free group. Free speech. Exactly. And this has always been, Twitter has always been the free speech people. Yeah. Like, I know Zuckerberg has been too, but I remember reading an article like five years ago about Twitter, like prior to even Trump's mm -hmm. takeover of Twitter where he's like, I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. This is a platform yeah. and I'm not going to get involved. Well, you see, this is kind of what she's saying is you don't get to do that. Right. When you create a platform and you create something that people can use. So is that- So I'm going to play a clip that okay. talks and then we'll get to Karate Kid. Okay. Mark Zuckerberg. So just so you know, the, these 
people are in the audience. So Mark Zuckerberg is there. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg is there. Sheryl Sandberg's there. Jack Dorsey's there. And the Google guys are there. The Google guys are there. And they sponsored TED. Right. And Chris, the guy who runs TED, is so fine with her talking. She's opening it. He said, like, we need to have a separation here between who's sponsoring this conference and a free flow of information. Exactly. And when she's saying this, as you're noticing, they're clapping. Yes. And Sheryl Sandberg and Larry Page and Sergey Brin, and Jack Dorsey, and your employees, and your investors, too. Because 100 years ago, the biggest danger in the South Wales coal mines was gas, silent and deadly and invisible. It's why they sent the canaries down first to check the air. And in this massive global online experiment that we are all living through, we in Britain are the canary. We are what happens to a Western democracy when a hundred years of electoral laws are disrupted by technology. Our- All right, so that's good enough. I mean, you get the gist. So my, the reason I wanted to play this is because comparatively small audience that we have, I just want to empower them that this, if they feel connected to learning more about this, which I'm slowly getting a little bit more enthusiasm to empowering myself with you know, am I a product? Like, is Facebook, do do I use Facebook or does Facebook use me? Well, I no longer have any doubt that I am a product of Facebook and they make money off of my eyeballs. So I am discerning the amount of time that I spend and how I consume information. That's it. Well, two things I want to say. Number one, she's, she's talking about this town in well, and, uh, Wales, Wales, Wales that she is from. And she talks about it a lot because they all, the majority of people in in that area voted um, to leave the EU. Yes. And it was so confusing to her because if you go to this town, they have all of these beautiful buildings and new organizations that have been funded by the EU. The EU takes care of this town. Yeah. So she's like, why would you vote against something that's been so helpful? And that's when she figured out the ads that have been targeted were like scary immigration ads. These people are going to come live among you and they want to take your jobs. Things that weren't true at all and weren't even a risk for this town in Wales, but they had been inundated. So they had voted against their own interests because of what they saw on Facebook. So this is important to understand, you know, how we are being... You know, and obviously this happened with our election. Of course. You know, when people, I remember when Brexit happened and people are like, oh my gosh, this could happen mm-hmm. in the United States. And I'm thinking, no, no, no. Like they, they have their information. We have our correct information. I mean, that was way back when, when we were so naive. Yeah. One tip that I could give to everybody, and I'm sure you already know this, everybody listening, you've heard this, but don't do those personality tests. You know, those things where you like want to figure out what you are. You know, or you like, you know, like, ooh, what category am I in or what color am I or what, you know, what famous person do I look like? All of that information, they send those out to get information about you. Yeah, because they, whatever, they do some predictive analytical things to influence you. Yes. Um, And sometimes it's to get you to buy this type of product and sometimes it's get you to vote for that person. Exactly. And because a lot of us are like, well, I don't know, I've never seen any of those ads okay, you're not in their target. Correct. But it's happening. Right. Exactly. And, And as she said, you can't, you don't know what other people are seeing. Like when I... Like, just as an example, like if I type in the words or type in the letter Z E, mm-hmm. guess what comes up for me in Google on the very top? Zen Parenting Radio. Oh, Zen. Of course, okay. right? Because that's my business. Right. 
you know, that's like yeah, it's what, creep. It's creepy how much yeah. they know about. But us. random people typing in ZE are not getting Zen Parenting Radio right at the top. And that's just a very small piece of, but you can, if you don't know that, you may think, oh, mm-hmm. I'm the top, you yeah. know, my show is right. the top of the Google, you know, right. but it, it's not that. So the so just to close this out, uh-huh. I just want to, you know, and like I said, I'm not an expert at this. I listen to a few podcasts and I watch this TED Talk and I am now kind of rethinking it. I just want to honor this woman because think about that. Like some of the stuff I get scared to do, like upsetting somebody or saying the wrong thing to the wrong person she is sitting in in on she's standing on stage and these tech titans most powerful people in the world mm-hmm. cheryl mark jack all of them and you know the russian government mm-hmm. can see this and this woman is a threat yeah and I just honor her courage. Right. And I am inspired by her. Right. And she's just saying, like, are we okay with this? And this is, you know, I think we are getting to a, a change. Like, it takes us to say no or to speak up or to have a hashtag that says Jack Stop the Hate. Mm-hmm. Like, we may think, oh, that's not going to do anything. Over time, like, I don't know if you saw the things that were happening with the NRA this weekend, but... The NRA is falling apart. And that wasn't because of one thing. It was because of a continuous, you know, speaking up and, you know, discomfort with what they were focusing on and promoting. And that it takes time. Like any kind of meaningful change takes time, yeah. but your your effort and your educating yourself is not wasted. Yeah. Um, so, and you know, as Todd said, we're just starting to understand. And and but because we're talking about light and dark, I use Facebook. I'm not saying everybody needs to jump off Facebook. I'm not saying that it's all bad or that everybody at that company has a bad intention. You know, as I said, I think the initial intention was to to connect people. And if they can work out these pretty significant challenges, maybe it can return to that. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes, again, as we talk about on the show a lot, the false dichotomy of all good, all bad, you know, they're all crooks, they're all criminals, or, you know, they're all good. It's how can we say you it's just like any human being, right? Right. Human beings are light and dark and we and hopefully we don't look at a human being and say you're all evil. You know, there there has to be good in everything. So. It's seeing it that way. You ready for some transitionary music? Sure, let's do it. So that is the song that's happening in the movie, in the 1984 classic Karate Kid. Uh, it's the montage karate tournament scene. Right. At and the end. So the All Valley Tournament. The All Valley Tournament. So anyways. But, you know, interesting. They haven't used that song yet. I know. They're going to use it in it's season two. It's a matter two. of time. It's a matter of time. So where do we begin? So let's just assume nobody's watched this. Okay. So how do we Okay, so let's, let's say, so this is what the show is about. So basically, if you watch season one, episode one of Cobra Kai, which is free, because you know it's on YouTube Red. Yes. So if you, so season one, episode one is free. And they're just trying to pull you in, right? right. So you could watch it. So it starts with the very end of the Karate Kid movie, where Johnny and Daniel fighting everybody knows what happens you know the crane kick mm-hmm. you know johnny loses daniel wins daniel goes on to glory and then it cuts to the next scene of johnny our age mm-hmm. or a little older than us 
in bed. No, he's on the floor. Face down. He's on the floor. Is he on he's the not floor? In bed. I he's just, on the floor. I just rewatched it. Okay, so he's on the floor, face down. He's got like chips next to him, and he's got. He drinks a lot of Coors. Coors cans or corn Coors bottles, and there's a can of corn Coors laying flat, and it's kind of spilled out. It's spilled out. So what's funny about that is just that Coors must be an advertiser because Coors is all yes, over this yes, show. Yes. Yes. Um, but what that moment demonstrates is Johnny hasn't healed very well from that moment. Okay. So, you know, they're setting up the fact that Johnny is struggling. Then I'm, I'm skipping ahead just about five minutes, but then he takes off in his car and the best, one of the best parts about Cobra Kai is it's all eighties music. If you like the eighties, you're going to like this. <laughs> this show. is a Gen Xer show. Okay. Yeah. With some new energy, like my daughter, my oldest daughter, my 16-year-old, loves it. Yeah. So she loves the Gen X part, but it's also there's kids her age. So he drives out, and then you see above him a billboard. Or does he see the commercial first? Uh, there's a billboard, and then there's commercials. There's both. I don't know so, what he's, I think he probably sees the billboard first. I th- doesn't he see the commercial because <laughs> Daniel's kicking the yes. prices? Yes. So Daniel LaRusso, you know, who was the winner, the Miyagi-Do kid, he... It fares very well after this fight. He becomes a hero and he also ends up owning a huge car dealership and he does all these commercials where he's utilizing his karate background. He's going to kick the competition <laughs> something or other. And he's like in these bad commercials where he's kicking the prices. It's it's cheesy, but they know they're being cheesy. Totally. And it's good cheesy. And the billboard he sees is like Daniel, you know, and then his leg is like sticking out beyond the you know billboard because he's doing a karate kick. And, you know, Johnny's like, not another one. So... Constant reminders for Johnny. Constant reminders for Johnny that he lost, Daniel won, and that's showing up in their lives. Yeah, and Johnny's in a dingy old apartment, and Daniel's like at this mansion. Right. Yeah, Making so. a ton of money, married to a beautiful woman, not Allie, not Elizabeth Shue, no. even though they talk about her so much. Yes. Um, which, that's what's funny, is here's, here's the experience that Todd and I have had with this show. It is so unpredictable because shows don't do what this show is doing. This show is doing what you want it to do, which means it's it's got it must have complete rights to the karate kid. Yeah, they like show constant not constant, but quite a few flashbacks, flashbacks. to the movie to, to catch like our daughter who's 16 who didn't grow up watching this movie. She's seen it once. Right, familiarize that viewer right. with the history. So it's done in a very thoughtful way. You know how when like a show doesn't have the rights to like a movie, so it can't like show you the history. Yeah. This one has the rights to everything. Yeah. So they can play the songs, they can they show you the history. And so it's very I kept saying to Todd, it's so satisfying. Yeah. Because they're bringing back all these people, then there's these new kids and you the kids I think the kids in the show are great. Mhm. You I, you said you didn't like you didn't think they were good actors, but I do. Um, the one kid, um, what's the Robbie or Miguel? Miguel Miguel struggles with acting in the first few episodes, but then I don't know somehow he gets an acting coach somewhere in there. And it, no, it's because he gets a Cobra Kai sensei, sweetie. You think that's he gets it? his uh, he gets his confidence confidence going. up? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. I was going to. Okay, but I what so it so anyway, we have just really enjoyed seeing the. Um, you never get to go forward like this and see what happens to your favorite characters. Like a lot of times it's because the shows were the, the movies from our generation 
they were so bad. Mm. Like on that note, Todd and I just rewatched Teen Wolf the other day. Awful. Yeah. It just, I was doing stuff and I just wanted something in the background and Teen Wolf was on. It's now I've seen Teen Wolf like 80,000 times, but it, when you're just watching it through 47 year old eyes, it's just a really bad movie. It doesn't age well. It, it doesn't age well for several reasons, obviously because of some of the, you know, the things that they say. But even like it doesn't make sense. Like when he's like the big Teen Wolf basketball player, but then you, they show Michael J. Yeah, Fox's somehow face he again. grows like nine inches. <laughs> but then isn't that tall when he's walking down the hall at school? Like yeah. it was such a poorly edited yeah. movie. It was so poorly. It's like they they pieced it together. But yet yeah, that's still one of our movies. And on that note, Todd, this is this is kind of crazy. On the podcast I was listening to this morning, Dax uh, Shepard was talking to Stephen Merchant. I'm only like 10 minutes in, but they referenced Teen Wolf. There you go, sweetie. In like, I was like, how can that be that in 10 minutes they're already referencing Teen Wolf? But anyway, that's what that's what the Karate Kid is like, is there's so much from it that we reference and that we carry. But it's one of those movies that is so obviously dividing who's good and bad. Yes, the movie itself. Yes, the movie is like Johnny and Cobra Kai are bad. bad. Daniel is this poor kid who, you know, meets this Doesn't Miyagi, have any friends. Doesn't have any friends. And so you are very clear about who you're rooting for. Yes. What Cobra Kai does is it shows you Johnny's humanity and Johnny's version on on events yeah. from the Karate Kid, that blew my mind. Well, yeah, because there's certain scenes where um, you forget, like he, um, you know, I think they're talking about, okay, he's like, yeah, I, <laughs> I wish I could pull it up, but he's like, is this the guy who you beat up? You know, because they're at the car dealership and Daniel is the boss and his two employees are like, uh, and Johnny has to walk in there for whatever reason. And he's like, is this the guy you beat? You, is this the guy whose ass you kicked? Uh-huh. He's like, technically... I kicked him in the face, right? Which is pretty funny because that's the last kick that happened in the movie. Was he got kicked in the face? Which then, I mean, I know what you're going to get to, but Johnny also says, "Which is an illegal kick." Yes. Which I have heard a time or two in blogs yes. about that that kick wouldn't go over. Right. Yeah, we celebrated it as like the one of the more amazing climaxes to a movie. And all the while, it was a completely illegal kick. And the fact that he's bringing that up is pretty. Pretty fun. And then Johnny says what? And he's like, yeah, because, you know, he Daniel says to him then in that moment, like, well, you know, these guys used to really push me around. Mm -hmm. And Johnny's like, well, you did take my girlfriend, which is exactly kind of what he did. And I was like, oh, my God, Daniel Mm -hmm. totally came to town. So we threw we saw it through the viewpoint of Johnny and Allie were breaking up. Yeah. Right. But Johnny tells a story in Cobra Kai. They'd been together for two years and they would go on, on again, off again. Mm -hmm. And again, it's like I have to go back and watch Karate Kid again. Um, I've seen it a million times, but to really see the details of what Johnny says and does to Allie, Mm -hmm. because I'm sure it's inappropriate. Um, But then Daniel takes, then Allie's like, see ya. And that broke his heart. That broke Johnny's heart. Well, and to, um, you know, so obviously... In Cobra Kai, you see the humanity of Johnny. Yes. And then in uh, then you see Daniel and he's like, Oh, he's he's adjusted, he's making money, he's, he's doing got great. an awesome wife, great but then you see kind of the uglier side of him yep. too. Exactly. And it made me think of the yin yang sign. Yeah. Similar to like, you know, we talked about Facebook and Ricky Henderson, yeah. like it all kind of connects together is within any light there is dark. Ex- and vice versa. And vice versa. And to it's it's so much more interesting. 
when you see characters from all those perspectives. Like there is one part, I can't even remember which episode it is, but where there's a fight, yeah, there's a lot of karate in this movie. A lot of karate obviously. and Cobra and Kai. There's, and I looked at Todd and I said, I don't know who I'm rooting for. Yeah. Like, it's so not clear because you do want Johnny to turn it around. At the same time, Johnny's a total, he's awful to his students. Like, yeah. he says horrible, inappropriate, um, like, com- like what what's the word I want to use? Like, outdated things. Right. But there's a humor to it because he's speaking the way that we did in the 80s. Johnny hasn't progressed. Right. Johnny's, Johnny's stuck still in driving time. the red Trans Am. He's driving the red Trans Am. There's this point when um, Daniel is going to show him a picture of Allie on Facebook because mm. they have this total conversation about Allie and where she is. Daniel's like, I, she's on Facebook. And Johnny says, what's Facebook? Yeah. And I feel like that moment, you realize, you realize how he's been drinking Coors beer. <laughs> I don't know if this will fly, but I'm going to play this Johnny Daniel clip where they're in the car together. Oh, I love it. Technically yours yet. Relax, Danielle. How many speakers does this thing have? It has enough. Here. You like speed wagon? kind of man doesn't <laughs> so just stop okay. there okay i've never said to another guy do you like speed wet the fact that he abbreviates <laughs> it to speed wagon is awesome and he says who doesn't well before that if you remember he said daniel is showing johnny some cars there's all this background to yeah. why he is but he's showing him some cars and then Johnny says something about the engine of the car. And Daniel said, oh, you know cars? Mm-hmm. And Johnny says, what kind of man doesn't? Mm-hmm. Again, total 80s thing to say. Right. You've got to laugh with this instead of be offended. Because they're trying to demonstrate to you mm-hmm. how outdated Johnny is. Yeah. So that's they get in the car and, and speed wagon. Yes. Come on. But still, like there's, there's scenes before that where Johnny's listening to like rat. Mm-hmm. So for him to love speed wagon too is... But anyway, but that's why Daniel says, what kind of man? doesn't oh my god and so that's a fun moment because and again you know it's not gonna stay this way but they actually have a few moments where they get along Mm -hmm. because they're fighting the majority of the show like arguing you know doing things to each other back and forth so they actually have this time together where they start to get to know each other should we do the bar scene yeah drinking together sure it's good bartender Coors banquet for me and shirley temple for the lady (laughs) club soda will be fine thank you okay one drink and then we get the hell out of here So, your stepdad was a Back in the day, I just figured you were living the life. You know, fancy cars, motorbikes. It had its moments. Then I'd come home and pretty much get bullied every day. Thanks. Thank you. That's why I joined Cobra Kai. Chris gave me more attention than I ever got at home. Guy was more in a sense than me. He was basically father. Yeah, you wouldn't understand. My dad died when I was eight. Mr. Miyagi was like a father to me. It's crazy, man. Both finding karate role models. Yeah, except yours didn't break your trophy and try to kill you. <laughs> that is true. That's true. You know what? Uh, give me a kettle martini straight up, a couple olives, ice, ice cold. 
kettle martini, sweetie. <laughs> and- Johnny's drinking Coors, and Daniel, the car dealership guru, is drinking kettle martini. Ice, ice cold. <sighs> so that's such a great scene, Chad, that you just chose because it gives like that's how this show is. That that scene that you just listened to, they talk about their past. You see it through their lens. You learn about Johnny's history and why he was the kid he was. And, you know, I don't think this will be a shocker to everybody who listened to Zen Parenting, but the kid was bullied. He was bullied in his own family. He watched his mother be abused. He had a horrible stepfather. Mm -hmm. And the sensei at Cobra Kai, Kreese is his name, and he's coming back for season two. Kreese is not in season one. You you think he's dead. Right. Because Johnny at one point says he's dead. But Kreese comes back in two. But... That he was a horrible teacher. Yeah. So they make a comment in season one at some point that when there is a gap to fill, when there is a hole in your life, you just hope that the person who fills it is a positive role because model. Because you're a sponge and you're exactly. going to grab onto anything that comes your way. Exactly. And Johnny grabbed on to Crease and Daniel grabbed on to Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi. Mm-hmm. And obviously we know how that goes down. So there is one thing that's very clear through season one is that even though we see the light and dark of Johnny, the teaching of Cobra Kai is not a good teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the oh, no yeah, mercy. That's, that's very clear. It's very, you know, it's basically strike first, strike hard, no, no mercy. mercy. Whereas Miyagi Do training is balance, is balance and and you are defending yourself. Yeah, you right. are you are keeping yourself from getting hit, but you are not striking to to hurt. Mm-hmm. And there is, you know, it, it's really beautifully done. So. Did, did you just hear what I said? I said it's really beautifully done. I don't know if beautiful is the right word. Well, it's, it's just, just done well. It's an interesting, interesting. show. It's well written. It's really funny. Um, and one of the, because I'm laughing all the time, mostly at Johnny. Todd laughs out loud every time. Because Johnny is it. such a, he's such a jerk, a, kind of a lovable jerk. Yeah. And he says the things that part of me always wants to say. Right. But I can't say it right. because I have a filter right. in my brain. That says, don't say this because it'll get you in trouble or hurt somebody's feelings or whatever. Johnny doesn't have any of that. He has zero filter. And uh, in a way, it's just really kind of fun to see a part of myself um, that we all have. We have this ugly part of ourselves, this ego that wants to like be better than people or say something mean. And Johnny provides that for me. Or point out flaws. Yes. Like he says things about the kids oh. that you would never say about kids, especially as parents, yeah. but he's there as their sensei. And yeah. he's like, listen, you're a loser. Yes. You know, like a bunch of losers. Bunch of losers. And again, we would never really want to say that because we know it's not true. But for karate, for Cobra Kai, he has a certain yeah. image that he wants to uphold, even though he he loves those kids. Mm. So it's just this really interesting mix. And you know, Todd just said it's well written. I I actually looked up the writers the other day because it's well written in a certain it's like it's a new genre yeah. because it's not well written like Game of Thrones is well written right. and it's not well written like that it's well written satisfying it doesn't take itself too seriously it's absolutely cheesy mm-hmm. just so everybody knows it's totally cheesy at the same time it's funny yeah. like there are moments where you're like oh my god that's the funniest thing I've ever seen and it's really poignant yeah. so there's something that they bring together that there's moments like surprise moments where certain people walk in or something happens and we're like, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's not predictable because, you know, we've all seen a 
all these different movies or TV shows, and you can usually say, you know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. And in this, and they suddenly like you're rooting for one guy, and then you realize like, wow, I'm not rooting for this guy anymore, and you totally. don't even remember how you arrived at this place. Right. It's just, I don't know. It's just very well done. So just to kind of give you guys a little bit information about who they focus the show around, obviously it's Daniel and Johnny and um, Daniel has a wife that is awesome. Mm -hmm. I think she's a great character. She's super strong. Strong, She's super like grow up children, you boys. And, and she doesn't get enough of a role, honestly. Like she, I mean, she does, but um, then they have a daughter and a son, Daniel and his wife, um, and, and the daughter's a big part of the show. Yeah, and the son reminds me of AJ from Sopranos. And his name is Anthony Jr., by yeah. the way. So that's the other thing is Todd and I being the people we are about pop culture, we're seeing things that they're stealing from yeah. in a good way. Yeah. Like he is supposed to look like AJ, AJ. from The Sopranos. AJ, this, this, uh, so Ralph Macchio, Daniel's son, the whole show, he's just buried on a screen. AJ is, yeah. AJ is, yeah. The, the son. And, you know, like, you know, the most frustrating parts of parenting is displayed. And, you know, Daniel's just like... He's like, let's go do some karate. Let's go go for a run. How many times have I said that to my kids? I know. You know, so I see myself in that too. Totally. And so, but the daughter, Sam, she's a big part of it that's focused around her life at at high school. And then there's another kid named Miguel who lives in Johnny's building, who ends up being his student, who's a good kid, good family, good mom, good grandma, who's awesome, by the way. How about the grandma saying she smoked a joint? I know. Oh my God. There's like these moments where we're like, who wrote that? Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's around him. And then Johnny has a son that he never took care of mm-hmm. because Johnny obviously struggled. And yeah. um, he and the mother of this son is not in great shape either. Right. So his son, Robbie, Johnny's son, Robbie, grew up in a pretty challenging situation. And I don't want to give away too much about what Robbie does because right. that's like in season one. But he's a big part of it, too. So... You get to kind of, for the kids who are, you know, Gen Z and Gen Y, they can enjoy Mm. that. And the Gen Xers, we get to enjoy all of it. Right. So I'm telling you, I think everybody should watch Cobra Kai. I know. And the fact that it was, it's been a year since it came out. I know we're behind. We're behind. And we think of ourselves as culturally, culturally literate, but apparently it's a huge success. Well, I think from what I understand is that, you know, YouTube Red is basically, YouTube Red is where you pay and you do that anyway, but you do that for the show. show, Yeah. Cause we have to play clips and stuff. So we, we pay for that, but most people get YouTube for free with the ads. But YouTube Red is there. They have it's kind of like Netflix has yeah, it's their like original a ne- it's series. Like a Netflix. Exactly. And there's been a bunch of YouTube shows where I've heard people say, "Yeah, I got a YouTube show," but you never hear about it. No. And Cobra Kai is kind of, I think, it's the like breakthrough. The first, the first lost leader. Or the exactly. First leader it, so. Exactly. So you know, like like Todd said, if you, it's a great uh, deep dive into light and dark. Mm-hmm. And into and, and our history. Yeah, it's a it's a walk back into nostalgia. History. It's very nostalgic and um, and satisfying. But there's it's not for kids. It's I think adolescents uh, and teens. It's definitely not for kids because they swear. Yeah. I mean, there's and there's like, some adult themes. What age would you? Oh, Skyler could watch it. Twelve and up. Twelve and up. Sure. And yeah. and for those of you, there's some kids who. But there's know, some you know very inappropriate thing. No nudity <laughs> or anything like that. No. But there's some really inappropriate. <laughs> things that happen on this show. So I just want to like prep 
our audience if by chance they do take us up on it. So well, and I texted my our friend who his children are in karate, and mm-hmm. I was like, do you, do you watch this? Because not only do you have the Gen X thing mm-hmm. like we do, and he's a pop culture guy too, yeah. is then you also have kids in karate, yeah. so you would so enjoy this show. Yeah. Um, you know, because the the fights are still interesting. Like there is one, you know, there's some moves. How about the one handed? Oh, yeah. yeah, he's got some crazy he's stuff going got on. Some crazy. So Todd and I are doing a lot of cheering. Yes. There's yes. a lot of um, excitement when Cobra Kai's on. Um, anything else on Cobra Kai, my darling? Um, that's it. Um, so we just did a Zen Talk last Friday, um, and these were the topics. There was a mom struggling to support her grieving mother when they were about to... Um, uh, it sounds like the grandma is, is not doing well. So uh, there's a woman about our age who is having a hard time supporting her mom who's about to lose her mom. Uh, there's another um, question about setting boundaries with uh, teenage sons, which is always interesting. And then there's a woman on there who is having a hard time reframing pregnancy challenges. So we've done 56 of these things now. If you join, uh, you get access to all 55 talks or all 56 talks. And on that note, uh, we actually, our friends, Jason and Cecilia, uh, they run this thing called Happily Family. It's this free online conference. They've been doing it for years. They're friends of ours. They do a wonderful job. They bring in tremendous speakers. And we are part of their conference this time, uh, May 16th through the 20th. Again, it's a free online conference. You go to... um, uh, happilyfamily.com. I, there's a certain link that we can use that I think will help them out. So okay. I'll put it in the, in show, the show notes. notes. But yeah, we're on it. Uh, Dan, Dan Siegel, uh, Christine Carter, Joseph Lee. Um, Debbie um, Reber's on there too. Debbie Reber's in it. And basically what they do is they they do an interview with us. And then on it, during that week, uh, May 16th through 20th, every day they, they offer four, I think, four of the interviews. Yeah. So you can listen to them that day. And they usually give you a few days after to kind of listen to all of the interviews. And again, it's it, you just get an opportunity to hear from some great speakers. And this time, I think they're focusing on mindful parenting for high needs kids. Mm. So we're going to be focusing on you and I um, about like self-awareness and self-care and self-compassion when you are um, parenting a high needs kid. Sweet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's uh, and the link will be in the show notes if you're interested. Um, I have a tribe event coming up this Saturday. So if there's any guys in the Chicagoland area that are interested in finding out more about the tribe, uh, go to, uh, just shoot me an email at Todd at uh, ZenParentingRadio.com. And don't forget that we have an event in October uh, 25th through 27th mm-hmm. um, at 1440 in California. So for those of you who listen who are on the West Coast or anybody who wants to just go to 1440 because it's amazing there and beautiful, we are offering a weekend about Zen parenting. So it's going to be a deep dive with us. Um, and lastly, Jeremy Kraft, he's a bald-headed beauty. Um, if you hire him to paint or remodel your house, uh, ask permission to rub his bald head because it's good luck. Maybe. So he, he may not that, be in the mood. No, he'll be in the mood. Don't worry. Ask if you can shake his hand. And then rub his head. No. You, and say, I need some good luck. I, I don't know. Um, his, uh, his website is avidco.net. His phone number is 630-956-1800. And um, I guess a quick plug for my coaching. Any guys out there that want to get coached, go to toddadamscoaching.com and check it out. Sounds good, everybody. Watch Cobra Kai. See you guys next week. Adios. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And feel free to leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find us. 
Do you want more Zen parenting? Check out Team Zen. It's $25 monthly subscription where you'll get two live Zen talks with an opportunity to ask us questions. If you can't join us live, you can still access all Zen talks through the Team Zen private podcast app. You'll have access to all previous Zen talks, connect with like-minded people through our private Facebook page, and get discounts on everything we offer. Our tagline is zero pressure, 100% support. Interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. While you're there, check out our upcoming events, or you can purchase one of my three books. What about my book, sweetie? Just my books. Oh. I want to tell you about an exciting weekend workshop we have coming up on October 25th through the 27th at the Majestic 1440 Multiversity, nestled in the California Redwoods near Santa Cruz. For more details, send me an email at todd at zenparentingradio.com. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link under the Support Us link on our homepage. It doesn't cost you anything, but Kathy and I get a small commission from Amazon. And don't forget to put next year's ZPR conference on your calendar. It's February 28th and 29th, 2020. Leap into the new year with us. That's right. Leap, sweetie. Uh, And guys, don't forget, I have a one-on-one coaching practice. It's called Coaching for Guys. Uh, So we talk about work-life balance, deepening relationships with loved ones. We can talk in person, by phone, or FaceTime. You get to choose. First session's free. For more information, go to toddadamscoaching.com. And don't forget about the Tribe Men's Group. We're finally reaching out beyond Chicago and are going to have some opportunities virtually. So head on over to tribemensgroup.org. It's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. And I'd like to give special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft from Avid Company painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. He's a bald-headed beauty, and he can be found on the internet at avidco.net. And lastly, just thanks to all you listeners for listening and keeping us going after all these years. Cannot say thank you enough, and uh, keep trucking. Adios.